Blog Talk Radio.
first and foremost, we want to start this prayer because I believe that, you know, we should start everything off with prayer when we're dealing with people. So, Lord, I want you to look down on us right now, Lord Jesus. Touch anybody that could listen and hear the word, your spoken revelations that you speak through me, Lord. Lord, bless this radio station and let us bring souls and enlighten people as we bring them the word and as we bring them music and poetry, Lord. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, and uh, we thank you for all the mothers that also that are honored today, Lord. And we thank you and we believe in all the things that you've given us. Yahweh, amen, amen. Yes, today we're going to um, have a certain topic. It's going to be about hurt. And, um, and dealing with her. But um, first and foremost, I want to dedicate the show to my mother and to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Um, it's a turned out to be a beautiful morning. So um, I hope everyone uh, enjoying their mother, and I hope the mothers enjoying their siblings, you know. But uh, we're going to be dealing about her in this episode. We're going to look at many forms of, uh, of hurt and, and the pain of when you're when you're hurting, and uh, we're gonna look at it in the aspect of how we make decisions in our lives and how it determines the outcome of our life. And um, we're gonna do it the spoken revelation way. We're gonna do it poetically. We're gonna use it through song, um, so, and just kind of like you and to bring you to a place where. You can understand the topic of hurt because a lot of people are hurting these days, uh, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in, in a spiritual type of hurt and not being there um, to assess what they need out in life because truly your spiritual aspect of your life uh, brings about uh, change. You know, a lot of people don't look into the spiritual world as in, Finding change, they're looking into finding things materialistic. They look into, uh, you know, cars, uh, relationship, a woman or a man. But sometimes we neglect our spiritual uh, realm of dealing with uh, our pain, our hurt. And, um, you know, I'm the same as well. Sometimes I do. I talk about it, but, you know, I'm growing as well with my uh, audience, you know, because we all have to uh, grow on the spiritual level. And this is one of the reasons why I, I'm very adamant about this show, Spoke Revelations, because I want to touch people and, and I want people to understand that your spiritual aspect of yourself, your, your spiritual identity means a lot in this world. And, and to, better, to better understand this world, uh, we have to understand who we are in, uh, in spiritual growth, you know. So we are going to uh, go about different things um, when it comes to hurt. Uh, of course, there's pain and and regret and a lot of aspects of, of hurt. Um, I, I want to... Uh, Support a scripture on um, Psalms twenty two twenty four. For he has not despised or ignored the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cries to him. Yes. Um, when 
this question is talking about God. You know, um, He knows your pain. He knows your affliction. He knows what you're going through. And um, a lot of times, sometimes we we take upon ourselves to do God's work. Sometimes we uh, we don't pray about it. We say we know everything. You know, and um, and actually we don't. Uh, we don't understand ourselves. We, we don't even understand who we are. So sometimes when you put in situations, if you don't understand who you are, then you don't know how you're going to react or if the reaction is going to be in a good way. It's very uh, imperative that we understand that when it comes to our spirituality and, and our faith, you know. The definition of hurt, um, I'm going to go over it, to cause pain or injury to yourself, someone else, or a part of your body to be a source or cause of pain, to feel physical pain. Um, that's the definition by Webster. Um, yes, and don't be too surprised when say when when it say uh, to cause pain to yourself, because a lot of our pain is not by others. A lot of our pain is to ourselves, and is expressed. Inwardly, but it's shown outwardly, therefore attracting others for pain. To and if that happens, then you are like, why do people uh, put me through this? You know, and a lot of times it has to do with yourself. You know, uh, and and then we don't understand why. People treat us this way, and why I'm this way, and where I'm, where I'm at in life, and why I can't move up in life. You know, um, a lot of times it's hurt, it's hurt, it's a pain, and um, and that pain and that hurt is a weight in your life, and it would not allow you to move up and on your job or you know or anything else in life, in your relationships. You know, you stagnated. Because you, your hurt is is a blindfold to you, because, and that's another thing. A lot of times uh, we hurt so much, and it's like we don't see anything but our hurt, and you know that's the reason why we don't grow. You know, it's easy, you know, that so many things um, people put on, well, you know, if this didn't happen to me at a childbirth, then I could have been this, and or this, if, if I would have, uh, wouldn't have got my leg hurt, I could have been a millionaire, because I was a star track, I was a star track, track star, you know, I, I was, I was a really good athlete, or, you know, you know, if I, you know, should have, could have, and would have, and, um, we we had to really we we have to really uh, look at it and say hey what's wrong with me why I can't move up is that something mentally in my way or there's a stumbling block and if there is a stumbling block you have to step over it so if there is pain you have to learn how to deal with it and I think the best way is to do it spiritual understand who you are. Understand your true worth, you know. 
um, you are worth a lot. You are worth a lot. You know, like my mother say, and um, countless other people used to say to me, God don't make no jump because he doesn't. So you can move from your hurt. And you can move from your hurt while you're hurting. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a past hurt. You know, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, while you're hurting, you can move along and say, hey, yes, I'm hurting now, but I believe there's going to be a brighter day. And that's what it means. That's that's what life is. That's a part of life. You know, I know many times for myself, I mean, I went through so many things, and you do it. How do you do it? Dion, how do you do this? How do you do this? And you're going through so much turmoil, and you got things coming from all angles, and it's like, okay. But I have my strength in a higher power, and um, I know that things are going to get better. And it, it, it gets hard, but it's going to get better, you know? And um, I mean, many of times, you know, I put trust in so many things. I put trust in money, I put significant other, put trust in my family, and you know what? It just, you know, it, it didn't pan out. didn't pan out at all. And I was like, okay. There's something out there that's got to be better for me. It has to be better, you know, because I've seen people, you know, whose lives seem like it's better to me. I've seen people thriving, going through the same situations that I was going through. I say, what's wrong with me? You know, I know, Lord, you created men equal. There's equality everywhere. You know, we may not have the same gifts and talents, but we are made equally, you know. And um, and and I just had to really get on my knees. I really had to get. I really had to be in tune with the Lord, and um, and really had to get inside my spiritual self and find out what was going on with me, uh, why I didn't feel like I was good enough, and why I feel why I felt like, um, you know, why is this happening to other people and it wasn't happening to me? What is wrong with me? And what was wrong with me was I wasn't finding out my spiritual self, my spiritual identity. You know, and it's, it's imperative, just like I said before. We have to go, and we have to go, and we have to grow, and we got to let God. Let God do, our, do his thing uh, within us. You know, so many ways that, you know, we can allow that to happen with us. We can pray more. We can fast. We can read our word. We can ingest positive literature. We can write. We can sing. We can dance. All these, all these expressions, brings you closer to God. When it's positively incarnate, um, that's why I, with me, I use art to praise the Lord. I, I use art. Healing. I use art for mental stimulation, and uh, I use words to mark my path. Because once it's spoken, it's out in the atmosphere, and it can happen. Yes, and a lot of times, when it comes to hurting, 
You have to say, be gone, hurt, be gone. Say it. You know, put it out in the atmosphere. This pain is leaving, even when it's hurting you the most out of the day. Lord, let this pain be gone. Speak it to existence, because it shall happen. It's going to your faith. Faith means a lot, and I know that's another topic. But in in every topic, faith is going to come up. Your faith is going to be tested. And uh, and your faith will be manifested, but it's up to you whether you wanted to, whether you rather, whether you rather not believe in faith, or whether you want it manifested in your life. It's to your faith, and everybody has different types of faith. But we work on another subject there. Um, I have a few um, objectives, you know, that I'm going to go over as well. Um, just like I say, hurting is dealing with this pain. You know, when you hurt, that means there's a lot of pain there. And um, people pain differently. Um, how is the pain affecting your life? How is our pain affecting our lives? Is it drug addiction? Is it cutting? Is it making others hurt? And if we make others hurt, why do we make others hurt if they are hurting? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And um, we as people, we are a community. Everyone is a community. I don't care if you what color you are. You, we are a community, community together. Um, you know, we may not physically touch each other. We might even might not even verbally uh, respond to each other and, and be coherent what all others are saying across the world, you know, but we are, we're connected. Therefore, when we hurt, it's an instinctual thing to make other people hurt so they can understand where we're coming from. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, that's negative. That's pretty negative, Dion. I mean, it's, you know, where, you know, that just sounds so, um, you know, it's cruel, and, uh, you know, but I, it, it's a natural thing, you know, because it's a warning sign. We give people a beacon. It's like I'm hurting, and I'm a, I want to show you how I feel, and so you can relate to me, you know, and um, a lot of people take it as a negative thing, and for it to come across the other, it is pretty negative. But we must understand in this show, we want to understand what's behind the negativity. You know, why do we express negative behavior? You know, that's what it's all about. And um, it's that instinctual thing that we have, you know, that we, you know, we want to voice our opinions. And we, and we want to voice our pain as well. You know, if you have something on your mind and just say um, you're in class or you're in a, a meeting or, or or a board meeting or something, and someone, keep, and someone is talking, and you know you have this oh, idea that's so good, and you know it's probably going to change the world or change the company or change people's mind in your classroom, and you just can't get it out. And, and this person keeps talking, they want you, you raise your hand, and you try to chime in, and it's like, no. 
You know, it's you know, it's it's like that because um, that pain is that urgency. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of people pain sometimes is the ambition. You know, you can be very ambitious, and you can't get. Uh, just say you are an artist and you want your art out there. And you're so ambitious, and it just it's like pain to you, but you want to put it out there. So therefore, when you when you're a starving artist and you, you want your stuff out there, you go through many links of ways to get it out there. Some people it may not be so positive, but they get it out there, and then later on they become positive. And um, I'm not condoning that as well, but I'm just when that when it comes to my this show, um, spoken revelations, I'm just going to be very real about certain things because. When it comes to spirituality and human behavior, um, they're parallel. And, well, if they're not, it should be parallel, you know. So we're going to talk about the positive things. We're going to talk about the negative things. But at the end of the show, I want everyone to feel all right. I want everyone to understand uh, the wavelengths I'm going to and, and they can understand it to become a better person. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm walking this journey as you are walking this journey. And um, so I want to be a better person, and I want to be a better speaker, want to be a better writer, I want to be a better whatever I do to express myself, because we all are expression of light and love and Jesus and and all that good stuff, you know. So another aspect I want to uh, examine the challenges of hurt, or how are we hurting and and how. Is it a challenge even after the hurt? And how is it so much hurt where I'm I'm scared? I'm scared to move. I'm scared to talk to anyone. I'm scared to uh, release my art. I'm scared to say this to my daughter, or I'm scared to say this to my son, or I'm because I'm hurt. I'm hurt about you know many years ago. You know, people said, you know, I couldn't express myself because, you know, my speech impediment. Or people said that I was this way because I was ugly. Or people said that I was that because I was stupid and and I didn't make good grades in school, so I really can't speak up. No one understands me. No one never did in their whole entire life. That's all from hurt. And even... You could you could be you could say like twenty years from now and just say you're successful in whatever you do and you still have that regret, hurt, and that pain, and it it allows you to react differently to different types of stimuli that probably the stimuli is considered uh, positive, but still is negative in your mind. These are the challenges of hurt, so we we got to be very careful. You know, you know. A lot of times that hurt don't it, it it doesn't leave. You know, it's still there, but it masks itself. It's almost like a it like it it hibernates until something comes out to unveil it, and you see the monster in this hurt. Um, hurt is what our world is going through now. People don't believe it, but it's all about hurt. It's all about regret to hurt. People are making decisions because of hurt. 
They're not making decisions because of their faith. They're not making decisions because they are in this way of life that's, you know, oh, wow, I want it to be better. I want it, I want it to be positive. I want it, I want it to be more positive. Um, it's hurt. It's hurt. Um, you hear a lot of things that I'll we'll try to um, go over a little bit of topics and what's going on in the world, but, you know, in this show and later on the show and in future shows, but we're going to talk about, you know, human behavior. We're going to talk about the Lord. We're going to talk about spirituality. We're going to talk about how we can change ourselves to change the world. And, um, yeah, it's, it's simple, but it's complicated. And it's simple to a fact that if everyone work on themselves, the world will become a better place. And I, I come to grips with that. It's really not into the politics. You know, politics is politics. You know, but it's about human behavior. And how are we going to express it? The 24 hours we are. How are we going to make relationships? And how are we going to build relationships? And how are we going to end relationships? Basically, that's what life is all about, really. And I'm not saying just to other people, but it's also relationships within yourself. Because I know uh, two years ago, I, I was I thought very differently of myself. So my my relationship with myself was, you know, iffy. Because sometimes we get, yeah, we get so into other relationships that we even forget about ourselves. We we lose we lose identity. So if we lose our identity, then we we really don't have no spiritual identity. Because our main focus, I I main my main identity is um, is our spiritual identity. Who we are and how we are going to uh, react with certain things that happen in our life. Oh, it's very deep, very deep. But, you know, you have to be deep to understand your spiritual identity. I mean, because if you look at consciousness, consciousness is, is spirituality. What you see is not always the way it looks in real life and, and what it is. What you see is a, a mirror, somewhat mirror of your conscience. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes people can feed you what you see and tell you what, what you see. But your conscious self, your uh, spiritual self, it is what it is. <laughs> There's no way someone could say this to you or put this in your mind, you know what I'm saying, because it is you. You as a person, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can um, understand ourselves. And just like I say, to prayer, and um, it's just a wonderful thing that um, that we can do with it, and we can talk to God, and He can understand where we're going and with our lives and, and everything. Just amazing. Um, I want to share something with you, you know, um, in this lecture. I want to um, do a poem for you. And um, 
I wrote it and uh like a couple weeks ago and I was thinking of this topic of hurting and um uh, and hurt pain. And um I wrote this and um uh, I was going through something and I, I just say, Hey, I'm just gonna write it because that's one of the ways um I I handle hurting and pain and um it's an outlet for me, so I'm going to go into it. It's called See the Death. See the Death, trench of my soul, because here I have been something so low. I know with you the holy word will be the compass of my new directive, where I follow and go. From celestial heights as this, as it flows, those past pitfalls have been shadowed making my heart feel hollow, becoming multiple parasites to my spirit, making me uncertain of my steps, echoes, voices of turmoil and disarray. I pray for a secret place to stay so I wouldn't hear the wilds of discouraging thoughts. My death has been challenged too often. Speaking words of faith to me, I rise from my grave, tired of being cut by myself so you remove my blades. I see the death in my soul. I see the death in you. In Paul. I hope you enjoy that poem. It really meant a lot to me. It really helped me cope with the things I was going through. And just like I say, art means a lot to me. And art, for me, is expressive. And art comes from your soul. It comes from that spiritual identity. Art means a lot of things. It doesn't have to mean poetry. It doesn't have to mean that, you know, you have to write or draw or any other thing. Your art can be you. It's the expression of you, whether you're a good uh, orator or you, are, uh, you, you, you can type very well or you can express yourself very well uh, your wordsmith, or you know, you can you can do many things, and 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 that's how I look at art. It's the best of your ability, and it's the best of your expression, because the best of your expression is the best of your ability. Because you, when you express yourself, you give it all you got to whatever. So, um, it's amazing. It's amazing, and that's why I I never understood how uh, our government cuts funding for arts in the school, you know, it's a part of education. Actually, it's the most important part of education. You know, education is learning, yes, um, mostly memorization, but art um, expands your creativity. And when you are spending your creativity, it allows different ways to understand uh, what you learn. You know, if you look at poetry, for example, you know these words I've learned since I was from kindergarten to high school, college. But the spiritual side of me took those words and made them into like a kaleidoscope. It, it made them mean something differently. Um, it's because it's a spiritual thing. 
Uh, I took words that I learned that probably, you know, was used to say, uh, to give a command or, or have a directive, but I used them in an artistic way to explain something that's going to um, brew something inside others, you know. So when you take, uh, you know, art away, when you take prayer out of schools, when you take the spirit out of when you separate spirituality from reality, this is what you do. You breed um, a people that are hurting. You breed kids that are hurting. Um, the kids don't have the outlet that we had. They're hurting. And the sad thing about it is that they don't know, even know how, why they're hurting and how they're hurting. They're just hurting. And so when you hear things about kids shooting each other, kids robbing each other for uh, headphones, kids killing each other for sneakers, they're hurting. They haven't figured out their purpose. And we, as adults, should help them figure out their purpose. Yes, yeah, it's an amazing thing. You know, and it's a strong uh, spiritual thing that we must understand about art. Can't believe you're hurt. You know, find the art in you. Find the art in you. It's it's imperative. And um, when you find the art in you, that means you found your spiritual identity. Because so that is you. Your art is you, and you are art. I consider myself art because I'm unique and God made me that way. And he made you that way as well. There's something in you that you probably don't know that you can do because you haven't found your spiritual identity. And I encourage you to find your spiritual identity because you won't find out you. You know, I hear people talk about the blueprint, blueprint, the blueprint, you know. You know, yeah, your spiritual identity is the blueprint of you. <laughs> you know, we are a temple. And um, all about you. It's all about you. And we must understand that when it comes to finding our spiritual identity. And, you know, I know I, I usually do like one poem, but, you know, I was led to do this poem. Um, it's called Temple of Me. And I'm going to get into it. And we're going to expound on this one a little more, too. Temple of me, can you see when I feel its essence? Where I worship suddenly moving, conference of many thoughts, places where I can ascend even when I don't know what lies around the bend. Improvement varies, soul renovation, psyche development, spiritual intelligence. When this temple leaks while my door hinges squeak, Rust and decay as delay. Been waiting a while for my dreams and gold. His spirit adorns my soul, my temple, my exoskeleton, vehicle to my reality. This temple houses pain. Inside is solar, giving light for the dark clouds, acidic rain, weathered by conditions I'm sacrificed within. Between my hang-ups, my altar has many beasts to give off holy offerings, my mind, body, and soul. Purge my simple stains, chains that connect my mind. My temple of me attaches to his true vine. In peace, temple of me.
that poem is about our temple. And uh, our body is our temple. You know, our spiritual spiritual identity stays inside this temple, our body. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it's the steeple, it's the church. You know, church, the the building is just uh, basically... Uh, hmm, expression, the art form of our hands, of what we we are, you know, and you know it's um. So the building's not really your temple, even though you know. I mean, you know, if you go to church, you should definitely you know keep it clean and, and everything. You should honor it. You know, you should do things at the church that you know normally you would do outside of the church. But the real temple is your body. So don't abuse your body. Don't hurt your body, you know, um, because that's where the, our spiritual identity is is found, you know. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you know, people don't think about it, but, like, if you don't have a body, how how is your spirit going to move around and touch people, you know. We need if this is our spiritual temple, and so in going back to hurting, if you're hurting so bad that you cannot move, you can't do anything, and you cannot see the wild of negativity, and you're giving to negativity all the time. How can you become positive? How can you? You know, it's it's really uh, mind-boggling. You know, a lot of times, you know, we are basically a battery for uh, negative behavior. We feel that because we're hurting and we want people to understand, I'm hurting, look at me, I'm hurting. And then a lot of times we are connected with other people who are hurting as well. So it becomes a big cesspool of hurting people. And all these hurting people, they're going to attack other people who are positive, or they're going to find other negative groups, and they're going to attack each other. This is why the world is hurting. This is why it's deeper than politics. It always has been. But we like to say, well, you know, the government, the government. Yeah. But the people that run this government are hurting. And they have fake pain on others because they're hurting. Just because you are are, uh, uh, sitting in a political uh, arena and and you're, you're, say, a U.S. state official or... uh, federal official doesn't make you exempt from not not finding your spiritual identity. We all who have a temple, who are human, need to find your spiritual identity, who we are, what we need to do. What is our real purpose? Because I'm going to tell you something about that. Um, it's innate. If you don't find your real purpose, you will hurt. You will keep on hurting. And 
as you're hurting, you will hurt others for no reason. Then people say, wow, this dude is a monster. This woman is a monster. She, she, she was born that way. No, no. Not finding your purpose. Not finding your spiritual identity. Where are you going in life? Can you hurt? How can you stop this hurt? We got to look at it that way. The world is in a turmoil. Are we adding to the turmoil? Are we making it a little bit better? Ask yourself that. I know I do. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect in no way, shape, or form. And I don't have all the answers. But I know someone who does. And I know how to get the answers that I need for my life. You know, I may not have the world, I may not have the answer for everything in this world, but I, I can get the answer for myself and hopefully spread to others so people can get the answers for themselves. And if everyone get the answer for themselves, guess what? We have a better world. We have a safer world. We have an educated world on both sides of the realms of education and spirituality. How powerful we will be if we know there's no difference. <laughs> there's no difference at all. No, it's not. It's not. You know, I, you know, I, I consider myself a, a great debater. You know, I, I love to argue with people. And sometimes I don't even argue with people in, in, a, in a way of saying the classically arguing with them, you know, like, you know, yeah, you know, you be quiet and, and you don't know what you're talking about. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't call that debating. I call that just uh, ranting. A good debater knows his stuff. He knows the answers. And if he doesn't know the answer, he knows what he knows and he keeps quiet until he finds the right answer. Then he comes back at you. That's a great debater. It's not the loudest person. Sometimes it's not even the smartest person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to have a high IQ to be a great debater. I mean, you have to have some type of knowledge, common knowledge. You don't have to be a great have this astronomical IQ. But you got to know what you know. And you got to know that you know that you can't be taken from that base that you know. And that's what makes a great debater, you know. But, you know, just a, a little a little words for thought. But, you know, back to hurting. You know, I was wondering, like, how many people out there that's hurting that's going to listen to the show that are listening, how many people are hurting, you know. And I think about how important this show can be, you know, to people. And just my ministry as in whole, what the world needs, you know. I'm trying to bring a consciousness throughout the world that we need each other and we need to find our spiritual identity because, you know, 
it can elude us away from hurting. You know, and I'm not saying it, the world will be perfect, but the world will become better than what it is now. You have people who are, who are hurting and that's hurting each other, and they think it's okay. They think it's all right. And maybe they don't think it's all right. Maybe they think that's just the way life is. Say la vie. That's life. You know, I get you before you get me. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. And I'm not saying I never fell into that because I, I did too. I, I was just like say I wasn't a perfect person all the time. I'm still not a perfect person. But we must understand it's something bigger than hurting each other. It's something bigger than us gaining and taking from others while we sit here and say, hey, I got this person, and we glorify in making that person hurt. And a lot of times you make people hurt more so somehow it can believe I hurt. But it it never works. You know, it's just like you, you're trying to get a certain high that you would never get in your life. Again, it's like you're chasing your own tail. And you, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not getting any uh, response from it or gratification for it, why are you doing it? And they will call you basically, you know, insane or crazy. And you're doing the same thing. You think you're going to get a, a different reaction. So you're going to hurt people and think you're going to feel better. I've never seen anyone who profited off hurting people and it felt so good. They could say they feel good. No. They will never feel good it's because it goes against the laws of your spiritual identity. It goes against it. You're not made to hurt other people. We're not made for that. And then they ask Dion, well, what are we made for? Find your spiritual identity. Find it. You'll find, you'll find what you're made for. And I guarantee you, no science could tell, ever tell you you have to find it within yourself. Have that personal relationship with God. You will find it. You know. And a lot of people say, Well, you know, um I you know, I I go to church every Sunday. And not only do I go to church every Sunday, I go to choir practice, I go uh you know, church bingo, I you know, <laughs> I go to many different places. You know, when it comes to church, I, I go to the church meetings and the church picnic, and and I still have to find my spiritual identity. Yeah, because it's within yourself. It's within your own temple. You'll never find it. I mean, you could sit in a church where everyone is uplifted and they're, you know, they high, highly elevated within the Lord, and they and they they're spiritually and and nothing can get them down, and you sit up there, you, you can sit up in church and it's like, oh, I don't feel that way. And you can sit down, you can sit there until the day you die. It's not going to rub off on you. 
this walk is a personal thing. It's a spiritual thing. And my walk is not your walk. I'm going to go through some things that you will never go through, probably. But if you do go through them, it's going to be in a different way because we are unique. Your spiritual walk means a lot. Means a lot. Wow. And I, I just hope um, you enjoy this spiritual lecture today. Um, this morning on this beautiful Sunday, Mother's Day morning. And I, just like I said before, you know, I, I, I really am happy, you know, for the mother's life. I think this is a good time to tell you. You're doing okay, Mom. I can call you Mom, right? I know we haven't known each other very long, but you seem like a real keeper. You're not perfect. There was that strained carrot incident, but you're trying. You pick up my bottle every time I toss it out of my stroller. That's high comedy to an eight-month-old. You hum the barber of Seville when you wash my hair. So cool. And your rubdowns are out of this world. Anyway, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. You know, right? How much I love you? You're doing okay, Mom. Yes, yes. We're back. Um, I want to know, we're going to um, go to a, a musical break, and we're going to come back to Spoken Revelation. And uh, I hope you enjoy this musical break. Okay? See you back.
and these relationships that we go through, uh, we have to understand that, you know, we are in a situation that we can bring about relationships that's harmful to us. It's not good for our growth and, and our temple. And to understand that we have to know who we are and, and what our spiritual identity holds for us, our purpose, just like I said before. Um, and when I say relationship, I mean that it's relatable. It's something that we feel that's dear to us and and, and that we need, you know, because the root word is relate. And if we can relate to it spiritually, then therefore, I mean, if it's negative and, and therefore we relate to it spiritually, then that's not good. Yeah. Because what's happening, if we're not having an enlightenment of our soul, then our soul is becoming darkened, you know. And that's not feeding your spiritual identity. Matter of fact, it's keeping you away from your spiritual identity. I mean, because every day we live, we learn more and more of it. Yes. Um, uh, we have a call online. Is the caller there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for showing up. Thank you for joining us. Um, you can introduce yourself and who you are. Um, I'm a, a poet, author. Uh, my name is Toy Honey. Okay. Great. Great. Um, you know, I I want to have this uh, particular section of the show dedicated to the mothers because it is Mother's Day. And, um, Toy, uh, you have something for the mothers? And, um, you know, excuse me, uh, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank I want to extend that to you. You're welcome. Um, you have something for the mothers today? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I wrote this poem, I say, probably two years ago, uh, based off my personal experience of remembering that moment when I became a mother. Um, this piece is called now I know, and this is how it goes. In August of 2006, at the age of 24, not only did I really become a woman, also a mother. From the moment I held my blessing from God in my arms and spoke to him to put him at ease, he lifted to my eyes as if his eyes were saying, I know you, you're my mama. It was at that moment that I learned the true meaning of love and how it feels to protect someone who means the world. I became stronger, loving myself, thanking and loving God even more for this beautiful and priceless gift. Now I know what it means to be a woman, a mother, praying God blesses me with more. And poem. Oh, beautiful peace, beautiful peace. Wow. I know you said that, uh, you know, you basically gave him a preamble of why you wrote the poem. 
but it, it was so beautifully written. I, I I have to ask if you have anything more to say about it, because that was a beautiful poem that really touched me. Oh wow! Uh, I don't know. It's just not a day that goes by that I don't remember that moment that I gave birth to my only child. So it's mm-hmm. like that's 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 a moment that every mother cherishes. If some can still remember that, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just an overwhelming feeling that you feel, and it's like once you feel that. How can you forget it? Okay. Because there's some mothers who have more than one child, so some of them are like, well, I don't remember with this one or that one, but I do remember with this one. Mm -hmm. I can say I'm blessed to remember because being that I only have one child, I still remember. And even if I am blessed with more, I will still remember. Wow, it's amazing. That's good stuff. You, you know what, Toy? Uh, I want to um, do something because you inspire me with that poem, um, you know, for the mothers out there and including yourself. Um, it's a poem called I Feel the Mother's Love. Would you like to hear it? Whenever I feel my mother's love, her insight still shows. Yes, mine has already ascended above, but I'm remembering her pain and destiny, always providing the rest for me, for all her years caring me cares, not just those tedious nine months. She always upheld me for favor. In the world's cold, thin air, offer me back to my creator. She knows best, knowing it takes a village. She is not afraid to ask for help. She inhaled and exhaled for little old me, even out of her reach. Her goodness reigned. This is how a mother's love functions out of their physical range. She prays for my territory while furthering developing this true story. How God grace was her strength. She coaxed me to apply those same values. This is why even out the womb her love becomes our greatest push. The nurturing never stops. The prayer never ends. She always has your best interest like your best friend. She gives you that a wise smile. When others give you a grin, her love was placed inside, buried deep within, porthole to life, giving all of herself through your wrongs and rights. When others obstructed growth, she knew your heavenly worth. And Paul, I feel a mother's love. Wow, that was a beautiful piece. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, the piece that you read really inspired me to uh, really uh, read that poem because, as you know, my mother's not here, but she's here. <laughs> you know, she's here mm-hmm. spiritually. And um, just like I was talking about her and finding your spiritual identity, I know my mother's here in spirit because she often used her spiritual identity. She knew who she was, and she knew her purpose in life. And now that I'm here, I'm trying to do the same thing she had done, finding my identity. And, and as in finding my identity, finding relating to other identities that's positive to to cause a positive change. And, um, you know, even though my mother's not here physically, I can't give her physical flowers, but I think through 
good deeds and trying to become a better person, that I will obtain uh, that as in giving her flowers, you know, through my life and through my walk with the with the Creator and the Lord um, to fortify me to do what I need to do. So, you know, but you know, you know, a lot of people say this is a sad occasion, but you know, it's it's still a, a wonderful occasion because I'm the product of who she is. So. Wherever I go, my mother goes. If you look at it that way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is there uh, is there anything that uh, a memory of your mother that you carry with you every day that you think about every day? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, my mother was a wonderful woman, as in, you know, I. You know, I, I, you know, when you're younger, you, your mother's everything. But when you get a little older, you, you know, as being a man, it's like, you know, I'm not a mama boy, you know, you know. But I, I never forget the time that um, I was, uh, I was real young, and I, and I said, you know, mama, I love you this much, and I used to put my hand out, and she said that much. She said, you love me that much? I said, yeah. And she was like, oh. I said, no, Mommy, I'm going to change it. I love you this much. And my arm was extend more and more. And she said, you love me that much? Oh, thank you. And I was trying to outdo myself, but, you know, my arms was little. I said, Mama, I love you this much. And I remember saying that, you know, and it's like, you know, I know. It may not mean anything. Like, a lot of people, people say, oh, this, this guy is three years old. But I remember that. And I always remember that. Even when I became, you know, an adult, teenager, adult, um, college, you know, even when I went out, you know, went away early, early in my life, I always remember that of my mother. And, um, you know, she was she was firm. Mother was a firm person, and but she showed love. You know, sometimes, you know, we as parents, you know, we, we're very firm because we love our children, you know. And my mother was just firm on me, but she always showed me love, though, and that's important. And she always showed me that spirituality is more important than anything, to find who you really are, to succeed in life. So, yeah, but thanks for bringing that up, because that, that brings out a memory in me, and it was wonderful to share that with uh, the audience and you, uh, Ms. Thornton. Oh, wow, thank you. Uh I'm glad to know that. I mean, it's you know that that is true. It is important to find find out who you really are. Spirituality really is an important part of your life. Because I mean, spirituality, uh, I could say faith is a is the most important thing that you should have every. Day in order to get through certain things, these are difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And if your, your father doesn't instill that in you, your mother does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sometimes it's more than anything, the mother more than anything who does instill the importance of faith, spirituality in the child's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do with mine. I made sure uh, he says his grace. 
before he eats. And I make sure he says his prayers at night before he goes to sleep because uh, <laughs> he has told me on more than one occasion, Mom, I had a nightmare. And I said, well, did you say your prayers last night? And he mm-hmm. said, no. I said, that's why. Mm-hmm. I, I, tell him, I tell him the importance of saying a prayer before he sleeps at night is to mm-hmm. protect him from evil. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I told him he says a prayer, you are praying to God, you're welcoming him welcoming him in your spirit and asking him to protect you while you're asleep. Right. Now, um, you said something before about um parenting. Um, about you know, your parents should help you find your spirituality, find your spiritual identity. Um and I really believe that because I had, I was fortunate to have a mother, even at the time I didn't want to hear it, but I was fortunate to have a mother that really uh, possessed that. And um, she manifested that in my life. And, and, you know, she made me always pray and read the word and, and go to church. And sometimes it will be like, you know, I want to go out and play or I want to sing, or I want to do other things. And she was like, well, no, it's important for you to pray. So that is great that you do that with your little one, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think I think that's what all mothers should do, basically. You know, teach them early. While you're teaching them how to read and write, teach them how to pray and, and read the Bible. So I commend you on that. Yes, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can tell people more about yourself and what you're doing because I know you're doing a lot, you know, uh, with your art artistry. You know, while you're here, you know, people can get to know who you are a little bit more. Uh, oh, uh, oh, good goodness. Uh, not only am I a mother and an author and a poet. I also have a talent having to do with my artistry that I'm planning to um, work on to extend my artistry. Like I have I have a bit of a musical background, so I'm planning to use my poetry in some way to extend my artistry in that way. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, and I also have a passion for helping people. So it's like if it's hopefully through my artistry, I can help somebody, whether it's to, you know, work to, you know, um, keep their marriage in some way, shape, or form, or uh, <laughs> just to avoid certain situations. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because from what I understand, um, you're more of a, would I say, would I be wrong if I say a love poet, a person that expresses love and, and, uh, you know, through your book, you know, because I know your book, what's the name of your book again? (laughs) The name of my book is Honey Elixir. 
it's more like um how can you say? It's more like a I wouldn't really would say a pamphlet, but it's more of um, a poetic expression okay. for, you know, couples to keep it spicy, keep the passion going. Every time I post about my book, I always say this one thing, passion keeps a relationship alive. Okay. And it does. Cause, I mean, you cannot be in a committed union with someone and you're just treating it like it's a job. No. How did you get in this union with this person? Think about what the little thing about that person that made you fall in love with them. The one thing about that person that made you want to stay with them despite any drama that happened. Think about that and just really just think about why you love that person, why you are in love with that person, and think about how you can fall back in love with that person. Because I know being in a relationship or being married, it goes through cycles. You're in love, then you get this love for this person that love is permanent. Falling in love, I hate to say, sometimes that, it goes away temporarily, but it can be brought back. So I would say that's permanent too. But sometimes you don't always feel in love with that person because you're going through this and you have your your trials. But you have to think, okay, if you really want to make it work, you want to work together and make it work, think about how you can keep working at it, how you can keep it alive and how you can be one of those couples that uh, everybody looks up to like, oh, my goodness, they're always so happy or they're always lovey-dovey. It's the reason why mm-hmm. they have that passion to keep their their union alive. Okay. Miss um, Tori, honey, um, you know, the topic today was on hurting. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking about relationships. And since you're, you're you know, you're, you have a passion for, uh, you know, relationships with, uh, with our relationships, personal relationships. Maybe it will be a male or female, or you know, you know. Um, could you expound on that? You know, because you know, I the, the topic was about hurting, and I know in relationships, a lot of people hurt in relationships. Could you expound on that to, to give our audience uh, some insight on? and how to uh, keep away, not keep away from her, you know, but how to deal with her if you're in a hurtful relationship and, and, and of that nature. Oh, uh, well, I can try to do my best by this. Okay. Um, I can say uh, the first thing to do is prayer. Mm-hmm. I like that. Some people don't decide to pray. They just decide to, oh, how can I say this, Uh, explode in their face or just 
take a breather after they get upset about anything that happens, and they go to them and communicate it. But either way they go about it, prayer should come first so God can lead you, can direct you right in how to approach that person about how they hurt you or how you how either they hurt you and you want to work through this or how they hurt you and you really want to talk about this, you want to communicate, you want this person to understand how you're feeling. Because the one thing, the one big no-no in a relationship is for you to hold back. You have to be open and you have to communicate with that person you're in a relationship with about how you're feeling. They have to know if you're in pain. And if that person doesn't care you're in pain, then you know what you're dealing with, you know what you have to do. But if this person cares, communicate that with them so they'll know how to deal with it. They'll know how to fix it along with you. Okay. And the most important thing I have to say is, after all of that is done, don't hold on to that hurt. Work through healing by forgiving. Well, you know what? Um, that's one of the topics that we're going to uh, go on for our next show that's coming on, um, on forgiving, you know. Um, so it, it, you, you're, you're definitely hitting on some topics that we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, and our next show is coming up. So, yeah, that's really big. That's why um, unforgiveness, uh, unforgiveness, I think that just that's why I'm doing a whole show about it because it's, it's really big. And, um, and a lot of times that's what happens when we're hurting and we hurt so long that it just keeps, it stays in our mind and, and that pain keeps hurt each other. It's like a stinger, like a, a bee stinger that if you don't take this thing out, it keeps hurting you until you take it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. And people, a lot of people don't understand that um, this is why it says in the Bible, you know, you must forgive. People don't understand how not forgiving someone and how holding on to resentment or hurt for whatever somebody has done to you, how it can affect them physically. Not only has it damaged you a bit spiritually and emotionally, but physically it can too, like uh, um, all types of sicknesses. And people don't understand, like, um, you could be seriously ill, uh, anything. I could name some diseases, but someone would think I'm crazy for saying that. Like, no, that that contributes to any disease. If you look at how diseases are um, how you could get them, the number one thing it says is stress. Yeah. On top of all the rest of them. That's why it's important to let that go. Don't hold on to it. And holding on to stress is like holding on to a demon, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
Wow. You know, I I know you got a piece coming up for that show. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, you know you your words are so deep, and and your commitment is very deep in what you do. Because I, I'm telling you, um, I read I you know cause, you know we Facebook friends and uh, and we also work together. So, um, a lot of your uh, your art of words brings about. Love and it, and it and it is so knowledgeable because it puts you in a place where you relate in these words that you're you're writing to yourself and to your own relationship. You know, sometimes I use, I, I I read yourself and I find myself in my own relationship <laughs> what I what I have, and I'm like, wow, that's deep because I wasn't thinking this way, but now I'm thinking this way. So it makes it's your work allow us make ourselves better and our relationships better. So, um, you know, definitely got to check out your work. You know, you know, plug yourself in, you know, let people know who you are because you're doing wonderful work and, and, and you're, you're also doing some other works, you know, with, um, you know, with, with the bullying and, and stuff of that nature. You're working hard and oh, I definitely appreciate you, you know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's uh my pleasure to to uh, work, do this type of work. It actually, work I have been um, trying to do, I'd say, probably for about six or seven years. Just didn't know how to go about it and didn't know that I would do it through my art. So I'm glad that I finally have a chance to do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, speaking of that, because um, I know I was saying earlier in the program about you know finding your purpose and uh, and a lot of times uh, we don't know our purpose and, and who we are, and you're just saying that you found your purpose through your art, and um and I feel like there's a lot of people out there in, in our audience um, can do the same, you know, there's no difference between me, there's no difference between you. We are human and we all have souls. And uh, I, I really feel like people can do it. Do you feel that way? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I really do. I, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, kind of, it kind of frustrates me when I come across talented people who um have talents in art, like say whether they sing or rap or if they write and if they do poetry. Some of them say, well, I don't know and I don't this. And I'm like, look, take the time to just sit. And that's that's what I did. I'd say probably about five or six years ago when I really got back into writing, which was like maybe two or three years after I had my son, I got back into my art. I started by writing how I feel and um, actually expressing these other emotions. I really couldn't act on physically. I sat and just had some time to myself. It just started going, 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 and then that's when I realized I have to do something with this. I have to. Or it'll be a waste. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, people say that the most talented uh, place 
to find talent and expression and art is in the graveyard because most people do not find themselves. You know, they don't find their real purpose. True. You know, and it, it's sad, but it, it's just true. And um, and I commend, you know, the people out there who are doing it, who are expressing it, though, wholeheartedly and mm-hmm. spiritually. Uh, I commend them because it, it's not an easy job. What I do, what you do, and what every artist does out there, it's not an easy job, but we feel the commitment to do so. What the Lord mm-hmm. left us with, so you know, it's it's amazing, you know, where you where you were, where you've been at, and, and where you were at, and then you're you're now you're something else because you found your true self. You're not falling in the lines of what people uh, what people say you are. You know what I'm saying? You know, they just say, hey, you know, you this and that. No, you say, no, I'm, I want to find out what what is my real purpose in life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some people have multiple purposes, but you you finding those out, and sometimes it grows and it develops to something else, okay? Um, and we have to adhere to that. We have to adhere to that. We have to adhere to growth. We can't be scared. Of, we cannot be scared of growth. You know, at one time I was. Say, I want to do this and this and that. I have my life planned out. I want to grow to this level and this and that level, and that's it. But now I, I look at life differently. I take one step at a time, and I make sure that I grow, you know. And when I grow, I grow well. Not just to say I grow and then I skip to another subject. I want to say this is what you want me to do and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and, my, and the best of my knowledge. And I'm not going to leave until I grow, until I get all that you have for me, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And that's what every man and woman, child, should want in their life, you know. So true, so true. You know. And um, I, it's just, it's just amazing, and and I know that you know because I, I deal with a, a a lot of you know creative people, and it's like you know it's amazing, and it's a blessing to me to be around so many creative people and artists in, in my line of work and and what I do, and and I, and even though you know I see that there's things in their life that you could probably say disruptive. I see them moving and and amongst the dysfunction they're becoming better because they're finding who they are and their purpose in life. And that's why I stress this all the time to everyone, everyone that I see and everyone that I know, to be who you are. <laughs> Your original expression. You know? Mm-hmm. You know? So. Um, what are we going to do now? And thank you, Tori, honey. I mean, it was just wonderful um, for you to express your gift and express your knowledge and all the things in your purpose 
and what the Lord gave you, and that's amazing. So we need more people to do what you're doing and, and, and giving back to society, and we thank you so much. Um, right now we're going to go, uh, so you can stay on the line with us, but uh, right now we're going to do a uh, a musical break. Uh, we're going to do, do three songs. Y'all can relax. We'll be coming back. Thank you. Love you. Children's cry 
ride like a phoenix, can we rise? I rise as my eyes finally view my conscious surface. Thresholds for humanity rights upheld for real purpose. Becoming this preamble, constituting this liberating service. Inviting congregations from my holy thoughts, remnants of our end times. Babies addicted to Christ are still born every day. While crystal milk sparkles, while hot lighting, a new slow death. Anxieties are rampant, falsehoods are worn, Trayvon Martin. Rise above this psychological chaos, bullet holes in our neighborhood, no one ever hears it. Justice, please, we the people deserve it. Rise, rise, I rise. Plays on our dwindling education, our bottom drops out, no base for our near future. Marvin Gaye's anthem for pain plays, trouble man. Songs for revival unsung, mics for voices are abandoned. No stand as they lay on this concrete floor to get trampled. My dreads are still twisting, my knots are still landing. Government never helping for a solution to detangle. Scripted reality shows when our media mangles. The government becomes your program director. Sex, life, and mental race. Revolution I'm demanding. Understanding a poet wishing for this concrete to become porous. Set in this hard compost to grow slowly through. The most high nature allows our corrupted institution cracks. So I rise like an eagle, running, praying. I don't think when I you have haunted by material issues, valuing, womanizing with their luxury cars with candy paint. I rise to be a beacon to hold for the truth, showing this lifestyle has a false roof. Held on to the Venus wings for elevation, rising from my constant subliminal manipulation. Rise, 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 as I rise. Still removing my dirt from my psyche Cleanse this negativity that becomes my stain And I rise, and I rise, and I rise mm-hmm. I rise, tears in my eyes Worried about friends and fam and our demise Tell me what you see Could it be the end of us, the family tree? I rise, tears in my eyes Worried about friends and fam and our demise Live it up, live it up. 
But they say might turn your music down Man, I'm young, I'm just trying to play my music loud All they want to do is talk and I ain't trying to hear the crap I don't want to prove them wrong Lord, I just want to prove you right And move you right You're the music of my life I'm following your lyric You the reason that I write Yeah, they used to catch my heart on the hook Now my life is on the track And my heart on the hook I'm in your class taking notes My whole life is your song Here's my keys, play the notes Every day I'm getting better Need more lessons Cause I know these other guys are watching They roll lessons Gotta sleep around Cause you are my protection I'm protesting that you would play me Like pro wrestling
Let me carry 
born again. Season they prepared for all greatness. Trading doubts from parallel into perpendicular because you're crossing the threshold of your real purpose to enjoy your life. Mediocrity and stripes complaining what's about right now, right? When others you allow to instruct your motives and jepters. Forgetting about our seasons that change, and yet people also do too. A time for love and also for pain. A moment for cleansing when all you once had purified will become stained. The important is to remember it's only for a season. That your visions are a celestial reason. So don't allow others to form treason. Born again. Born again. Hey, no one born again. can enter the kingdom unless he born again. Flesh give birth to flesh, but the spirit give birth to spirit. Yo, you gotta be born again. I tell you the truth, no one born again can enter the kingdom unless he born again. Flesh give birth to flesh, but the spirit give birth to spirit. Yo, you gotta be.
to realize that there's something bigger than them, you know, telling people there's something bigger than them. And, and no, no matter how big your problem seems in life, you're not in it alone. We're never alone, you know. We may feel alone because we feel like no one understands us at that moment. But we really are a community. This whole world is a community. And it's a spiritual community. And we are made of God's image. So we look like him. The, the core of us is just like him. But when we act in a negative way, it's like you push yourself from him and from his will and his way. We are supposed to love each other, and we are supposed to connect with each other in any way possible. And and it doesn't mean always, hey, Bill, I'm going to call you on the phone, or Jill, I'm going to pick you up so you can go to... Uh, Basketball practice, you know. But it means sharing of yourself, sharing of your love, sharing of your purpose, your gift, your talent. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And so in closing, um, I just want to thank you all. of so many outlets available in the media capital of the world, fans of R&B, hip-hop, gospel, spoken word, and urban pop have taken notice of WBMC Radio. WBMC, we're multi-access. Like, listen, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Speaker.com. And we're emerging right now, thanks to programs like The Real Report, Unsigned Grind, Game Changer. WBMC Radio. We didn't change the station. We changed the game.